0: This is Alan Conman with the Becker's ASD Podcast, and I'm thrilled to be joined today by Alfonso Del Granado, CEO of Covenant High Plain Surgery Center in Lubbock, Texas. Alfonso, delighted to have you with us here for today. Before we dive into some questions and get things going, I'd love to turn the floor over to you to hear a little bit more about your role, your surgery center, and
1: your background. Hi, Alan. Thank you. I'm very pleased to be here, too. Uh, well, I've been working in healthcare for most of my life. I started out at, at a doctor's reception, that's when out was 17, then I moved on to a billing department and then switched tracks somewhat to work as a surgical assistant for a while before moving on to management in a multi-specialty clinic. Uh, from there, I moved on to corporate development, then hospital department administrator, chief compliance officer, and eventually surgery center administrator, first in Chicago and now in West Texas. I'm currently running a JB with two surgery centers, uh, 14 ORs, 43 position partners, plus a hospital system and a management company. We are pleased to be uh, uh, at the forefront, frankly, in our in our region. We just started a Striker Mako robotic total joints program last year, and we uh, this month began our Da Vinci robotic general surgery program certainly a lot going
0: on at your surgery center. I'd like to kind of dive right in and explore a little more. Um, So so kicking things off, Alphonse, there's obviously a lot to talk about in the healthcare industry at the moment, but for you, what are the two to three most interesting or exciting trends that you're keeping an eye on in healthcare
1: today? Well, I have to separate personal interests from the areas that I can directly affect. Of course, we're all following supply chain, uh, but there's not much that I can do about that, just staying on top of purchasing all the time. Uh, the same thing with, um, uh, I don't know if you said the recent draft of the ASC covered procedures list that CMS just put out, um, obviously we're all upset about the lack of transparency and the lack of clear rationale for last year's take backs, but uh, I can't do much about that either. It's costing me six figures, but other than contacting my legislature uh, and supporting ASCA, there's not much I can do. So I'm focusing more on things that uh, I can work on that, are, that affect my strategic plans, so, for example. I'm keeping an eye on the national trends that affect staffing especially the growing revolt against travel contracts at hospitals and health systems Um, having a sense for how tight the labor market is or how loose uh, helps me to plan out uh, how much i'm going to have to budget for wages for example bonuses and other retention measures i also don't want to start a new service line if i don't know whether or not i'll be able to staff it i'm also looking at uh, new procedures and technologies of course we do this all the time Uh, some of these are coming down in affordability to where they fit in with our financial profile. For example, as I mentioned just a moment ago, we we're able to afford a Da Vinci program because of a lease uh, that Intuitive put together. Uh, that brought the cost down to where we could afford to just you know, dip our toe into waters. We're um, able to alleviate the overflow at our partner hospitals cost effectively now uh, for them as well as for us because of this, uh, of this um, uh, lease program that uh, Intuitive started. So our trends are really just staying on top of what's coming down the line, uh, what we can do and uh, what we can implement. Uh, I'm interested in larger size trends, but there's not much I can do about those.
0: Well, obviously one thing you alluded to there is obviously kind of staffing a huge issue at the moment across the healthcare industry. I'm just curious, is there anything you can share in terms of being a surgery center in Texas? Is there any any strategies you've found super beneficial in terms of recruiting kind of top-tier talent or holding on to top-tier talent in
1: such a challenging labor market? Well, you know, surgical centers have always uh, focused on offering a better quality of life, and that's how we're able to get good staff at oftentimes lower wages than hospitals are willing to pay. Um, that's served us very well for a long time, and then we had the, uh, the COVID crisis and the uh, um, uptick in agency staffing models, uh, and we found ourselves uh, pretty much uh, with our hands tied behind our back. I had one tech who told me she had taken a six-dollar pay cut to come work with us, but now the hospital was offering her, well, the agency contract was offering her fifteen dollars more an hour. That's a lot for a tech. That's that's like a fifty percent bump in her in her pay. So. Obviously, there's nothing we can do to compete against that. So all we can do at this point really is just continue to be supportive and provide an excellent experience for our staff. We can't rule by dictate. All of the, the good leadership um, tactics, the good leadership models that we've been taught over the years are more important now than ever. Um, our our authoritarian um, governance no longer has a place in ASCs.
0: Interesting. One thing I'd love to kind of pick your brains on a little bit, you alluded to earlier in the conversation, obviously the the implementation of the robotic joint program, program, I believe, last year, and also the DaVinci robot in your ASC. Um, How how has that implementation been? How have surgeons and patients reacted to it? Um, Have you noticed a significant benefit in operations at your ASC so far?
1: We're a little bit behind with joints um we are still making a profit but we're not quite up to the level that our pro forma indicated in terms of volume on the plus side our contracts have turned out fairly well this uh, last revision in july uh got us enough that we're actually on track financially um i i, I can't tell you what it is exactly but when i talk to my uh joints uh, surgeons they essentially tell me business is steady it's not growing it's not decreasing it's uh, fairly constant. So I'm starting to wonder if maybe some fears of the economy taking a downturn are impacting patients and their desire to have surgery done now, rather than hold on to their cash and wait to see what happens in the, next, uh, in the next year or two. Well,
0: then in terms of industry changes coming down the line, what are you seeing, Alfonso?
1: Well, another uh, trend I'm looking at, I, I think insurance companies are gonna follow CMS's lead. Um, although they're strangely lagging in some respects, I'm p- confident that over time, they're going to continue to push cases away from hospital outpatient departments and towards ASCs. Um, I'll give you an example here. In bariatrics, I, I was surprised to learn how few centers of excellence there are that are surgery centers. There's maybe a dozen surgery centers in the country versus about over hundred, excuse me, over 850 hospitals that have MB- MBSA QIP accreditation. And the same is true for Blue Cross Blue Distinction Centers. Nationwide, there's nine, at least uh, there was at the end of last year when we when we got our Blue Distinction. Ethnia Institutes of Quality, so far only three in the nation that are surgical centers. So we've landed all three and our bariatric uh, volume is growing by leaps and bounds. I think that insurance companies are lagging, but they're going to start pushing more and more to get these programs away from hospitals and into the hands of surgical centers. And then finally, another change that I see is um, an acceleration in partnerships with hospital systems. Surgeons value their autonomy. And on the other hand, hospitals prefer full control. So these two sides have to come to an understanding. Our centers function independently, and the surgeons are in control of their directions of their practices. But Uh, in exchange for that, they only have to manage responsibly and transparently, just follow uh, generally acceptable uh, accounting uh, standards and uh, the hospital is happy to, to not get involved. So we are able to find a balance between a joint venture with a hospital and autonomy for the physicians that makes sense for everybody, profitable for everybody, but still gives everyone what they need. Hospitals are less afraid of losing cases Physicians are less afraid of losing their independence. We maintain good relations in both directions, and um, you know, hospital secures a continued loyalty. So, if that's a possibility for a surgical center exploring a partnership with a hospital system or with a management company, that's uh, I, I would strongly advise them to look into it. Obviously, the devil's in the details. You have to make sure that uh, you have good relations and a clear agreement. Uh, Another way to make sure that happens is to hire a professional management company, um, or at least hiring trained professionals to lead your your surgery center. Uh, These are people who are, or companies that are accustomed to getting good, hard data and have a deep understanding of your systems through analytics. Um, The centers I'm working at right now, everything uh, is on paper. And so we are converting this quarter to an electronic system it's painful and we may miss, we may lose a few staff members along the way, but it has to be done. We can't have a system where uh, it takes me three days to figure out if a physician is using their block consistently or not. It's just, it's unsustainable. Where I worked before I set up uh, analytics and I could tell you case cost to the penny, uh, cross um, and, and identify best practices. Uh, find out which positions were outliers on costs and just uh, keep things running smoothly and efficiently. This kind of management, this kind of data is hard to come by if you're still running the show yourself. So I strongly recommend centers and I foresee professional management and, and management companies uh, taking over uh, the ASC space.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, that when, when we talk about um, recruiting the, the next generation of surgeons and keeping on to this top talent, is it, do you think it'll be a case where surgery centers are almost kind of required to have these next generation robots in their centers um, to, to make sure they're attracting the best talent to their, their
1: ASCs? I really do. Um, I don't see any way that we can um, attract uh, top talent surgeons without offering them whatever it is they're accustomed to in the hospital in addition to the great service and the efficiency that we normally offer. Um, Our general surgeons um, are maxing out the time on our da Vinci from from day one. Uh, Many of them have a month's wait to get onto the hospital's robot. So for us, any uh, case that's appropriate for an ASC, we are happy to take care of. I realize that our margins are much lower now uh, with these cases because there's no additional reimbursement versus laparoscopic and then you have the robot uh, consumables cost. But these are cases that we would not otherwise be doing. If all of my OR blocks were filled with laparoscopic cases or other um, non-robotic cases, uh, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But having an OR free a couple of days a week, that means that I got to fill it with something, and these cases are as good as anything else.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting to get your take there. I'm seeing a a really exciting field in terms of robotics or sort of the urology space and the total joint space um alfonso obviously kind of touched on a, a ton of trends initiative to start your conversation i'm curious down the line five years from now how do you kind of see industry changes in, uh, in the healthcare specifically related to asc what do you see coming down the
1: pipeline well i see continuing increase in the case acuity and complexity coming our way we've been working um fairly collaboratively with our hospital partner and so Cases that for them are at the bottom of the complexity scale are, and are appropriate for us, we're kind of taking those off of their, uh, off of their books and putting them into our centers. Uh, we have to be ready to take on tougher cases and invest in new instruments and technologies. Uh, total joints, as I mentioned, is a perfect example. Uh, there, there may not be any clear data regarding improvements in quality outcomes, but if we didn't get the robot, we wouldn't have gotten the surgeons all signs are that the CMS is going to put pressure on hospitals to decrease or eliminate outpatient joints. So we are positioning ourselves to be that outlet for our hospital. And to a lesser extent, the same can be said about the Da Vinci. Outcomes may be comparable, but again, without the robot, we would not be getting these cases. So even though our margins are lower, we're filling our blocks and that's uh, important for us to maintain uh, profitability i think some great advice there.
0: Thank you, Alfonso. And yeah. lastly, what is your top advice for administrators out there really looking to build a great culture and sustain success? What, what advice do you have for them?
1: So that, that's something else I alluded to earlier. Um, I grew up at a time when um, medicine in general, surgical centers in particular, were very authoritarian regimes. Um, the boss said what people had to do and the people had to jump to attention and do it. That just doesn't fly today. I mean, that honestly, that hasn't flown in a long time. I personally adopted a very uh, collaborative leadership style long ago, maybe 20 years ago, and uh, it served me very well. I think that this is the uh, the only way you're going to be able to uh, retain your staff and attract good surgeons is to make sure that everything is a team uh, is a team uh, effort, that you support your staff. Uh, I view my role as making sure that they can do their best job. And um, I think that that's something that administrators have to adopt. You also have to get educated. Um, again, growing up in the ranks and coming up to become administrator is, is going out of vogue, uh, my friend. We have to educate ourselves and become professional administrators because you don't know what you don't know. You you have when you grow up and you uh, take on the role based on experience, all you know is what you've learned on the job, you don't have a wide view and uh, that hampers you when you're trying to look at. uh, Other lines of service when you're trying to glance or look out beyond beyond the horizon, so I recommend that administrators, uh, if they haven't already go to school take online classes develop a relationship with a mentor. I'll do whatever it takes, but keep learning and stay on top of development. And the other piece of advice I guess I would give to administrators is you have to realize that your job is always going to be hard. Always. You have no idea how many times I've heard some version of uh, why can't people just do as they're told? Or why do we have to keep why do we keep having so many problems? Or why can't we just set it and forget it? And my answer is always, because if we didn't, we would be out of a job. That is our job is to take care of those problems. Uh, Human beings are human beings and uh, we're here to make life easier for our employees, not the other way around. We are here to give them and our physicians what they need to be successful, what they need to do their best job and to be their best selves. If you believe that being at the top means comfort and convenience, you should probably be looking for another profession. This is hard work and it will get harder. So we have to continue to do what it takes to get the job done. That's why we're here. I think that's a perfect note to end on
0: Some excellent leadership advice there from leaders across the industries. Um, Alfonso, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure speaking to you again, and I look forward to continuing the conversation down the line. Thank you all, and I appreciate it. Look forward to it as well.